Blog Talk Radio. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Jets Podcast Review Show on 247sports.com, the New York Jets. They gave it a shot once again. They tried their best to uh, hold on to a victory. Unfortunately, they fall to the Houston Texans by a final of 29-22. to 22. Along with Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Rick, uh, normally there are no moral victories in the NFL, but... If you want to look at this game as a moral victory for what Sam Darnold has done so far since coming back from the injuries and looking like he is more comfortable out there, he's working well with his offensive weapons or while lack thereof missing a few, you are seeing what Sam Darnold is supposed to do, what he has done at USC. And to me, you know what that means? It means that the future is bright with this man as our franchise quarterback in the National Football League. And this is exactly what Jet fans were hoping for. I mean, with playoffs out of sight, with really no meaningful contest left on the schedule, the only thing you wanted to see is Sam Darnold progress and develop. And while he had his signature moment in Western New York up in Buffalo, that fourth quarter comeback, this was by far his best game as a professional quarterback, 24-38, 253 yards, two touchdowns, consistently connecting with Robbie Anderson on deep throws. He had that beautiful scramble evading the Texans' rush and slinging in the direction of Anderson, who toe-tapped himself in bounds. He is really making something out of nothing. I mean, we saw with Josh McCown at quarterback, a veteran presence, a guy that's seen every type of defense in the league, and he couldn't manage for this Jets offense to get more than a couple touchdowns in, in the three games that he started. The fact that I think that Sam Darnold really learned a lot by watching McCown, how he went about the week, preparing for the week, and how he played in the game and what adjustments he made. I think that because Darnold was injured, he had the clipboard in hand, he was studying the film, he was shadowing and just observing everything that Josh McCown did, and while Josh McCown exact, didn't exactly translate those results onto the field, I think just that process alone, that's what a lot of these players echoed that same sentiment. Robbie Anderson said the same thing. Todd Bowles said the same thing. Uh, Steve Mariucci, an NFL analyst, said the same thing as well, that this injury to Sam Darnold may have been a blessing in disguise because he looked like he was starting to hit that rookie wall. The turnovers were piling up. He couldn't click with the offense and had an opportunity to sit before the bye week, a couple games after the bye week. And when he returned, he looked fresh. He looked like he had a good perspective and uh, understanding of the offense. And I'm not going to say now that the offense is quote-unquote clicking, that they should bring back any part of this coaching staff. But to me, that's a testament to a young quarterback in Sam Darnold that really went back to the drawing board, observed a veteran guy doing his job, and implemented that into his own game. And to me, I just I have to give a tip of the cap to Sam Darnold because he, he very easily could have packed it in this year with the team going nowhere fast. But the fact that he's playing so well these pack, past couple of games, I agree with you, Daniel. That is a sign of positive things to come for the Jets. You are absolutely correct. And I've said this many, many times is that, look, I didn't want him hurt. I didn't want him injured. I did not want to see Sam Darnold miss any games. He should have been thrown back out there, blah, 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 blah. But the truth of the matter is this. This is the type of situation that many people have said before the season got started. Don't let Darnold start. Let 
let Teddy Bridgewater start the year, and then if you want to trade him in the middle of the year, go right ahead, and then you bring in Sam Darnold. Well, you know what? The injury did him good. Like we just said, the injury did him good. He sat back. He relaxed. He had the clipboard. He charted everything that was going on. And then when it was finally time for him to get back out there fully 100% healthy, fully healed from the foot injury, look what he has done in Buffalo. Look what he did against the Houston Texans. If you have a quarterback who is correct, you know, not just the physical tools, but I keep saying this as well, Rick, mentally, the mentality of Sam Darnold, you saw in, you know, even he admitted it, you know, he was rushing his throws in the, you know, in his rookie year, he was rushing his throws, overthrowing, underthrowing, maybe not setting himself correctly. And now look at what's going on here. Everyone is on the same page with Sam Darnold and Darnold is now his, you know, his star is shining very brightly. Now that the spotlight is on him, a better way, a positive way, look what he's doing right now. He is making sure not only is he getting himself out of the pocket, continuing plays, extending them, making those important throws to get the first downs or the touchdown, but you just have to say he has more confidence within himself, and it's looking very good. It's a refreshing thing to see. And I consider myself an optimistic Jet fan, and I told you during the preview podcast that I went on a couple radio shows that were asking about fantasy players to play with the Jets, and I couldn't think, given the injuries at running back, uh, the fact that you had Isaiah Crowell out for the year, Elijah McGuire was injured. He even fumbled in this game uh, that ended up being a critical play that led to a Texans touchdown. And I just thought the matchup of that Jets offensive line against that Texans pass rush was not one that was going to be in the Jets' favor. And Darnold, to his credit, just created something out of nothing. There were so many plays. If you even had Josh McCown back there, it's a surefire sack. The the Jets be punting the ball on three and out. I don't care, uh, you know, how much Josh McCown can anticipate the play. Sam Darnold has that intangible innate ability to read the rush and to be able to make a play and make something out of nothing. And the fact that he even exceeded my expectations as far as what this Jets offense can do, that just shows me that he's a special kind of player. And, uh, you know, I normally don't mention this beat reporter by name because he's not exactly been a friend of fellow media members or Jets players alike, but even Manish Mehta, uh, who, if you follow him on Twitter, has just been effusive in his praise for Sam Darnold. He thinks he's absolutely the real deal. And believe me, there are seldom times I ever agree with Manish Mehta, his assessment of anything related to the Jets. But I, I have to be on board with him about this, that he sees a lot of those intangibles that I'm seeing in Sam Darnold. And this is a Jets team. When you break it down as far as the position, offensive line, the injuries that running back and wide receiver, there's no way that the Jets should even have been in that game against the Houston Texans. They were outgunned at every position. They were outcoached. Uh, you, you name it. Anything that could have favored the Texans was in their favor in that game. And Sam Darnold, because of some magic and because of that intangible ability, was able to keep the Jets close in that contest. And frankly, at one point, it looked like they were going to pull it off before Deshaun Jackson and DeAndre Hopkins pulled off some late game heroics but for me that's going to be jet fans have to be they have to be giddy this offseason with potentially a top five draft pick a hundred million dollars to spend in free agency to shore up some of the holes on this depth chart you have to be so excited about what sam darnold can do for this team 
And ultimately, you know, that is what a lot of coaches, a lot of former players say is that when these young guys, these rookies or even second or third year quarterbacks, when they really start to figure it out, it seems like the game is slowing down for them. A lot of the rookie quarterbacks will play too fast. They won't be, you know, making their pre-snap reads. I see Sam Darnold. I see the game slowing down for him. I see it coming more naturally to him. And this is an offense that really hasn't maximized his abilities. We even saw in this game, the Jets started with several three and outs in this game and the same predictable pattern, run, run, and completely stuffed or sometimes negative yardage. And the Jets would be in third and long, obvious passing situations. And Sam Darnold, more times than not, was still able to make something out of nothing. So I feel like if the Jets ultimately hire a coaching staff that can employ a great offensive system to maximize on Darnold's talents and the fact the game is slowing down for him, I really, really feel that the sky is the limit for this Jets team. And, look, it's not going to happen overnight. The Jets are going to take a major step forward next year. But you're going to see that improvement from year one to year two. And once Sam Darnold has a solid line around him and a complementary skill set players you're going to see just how great this quarterback is and why he was ranked among a lot of nfl scouts as the top quarterback coming out in the draft class this past draft now i have to toot my own horn here rick and i'll tell you why because i just recently wrote that article on 247sports.com that henry anderson is a monster on defense look what he has done this year he has been an absolute terror at the front seven with that defense, I mean, look, we know what Marcus May and Jamal Adams have done in the safety position, especially Adams, you know, making those safety runs from the secondary into the line of scrimmage and into the backfield where he got a sack, took a lick on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, can you believe this? Six times he was sacked. We haven't seen that many sacks since maybe the second year of the Bulls uh, coaching era where they hosted the Cincinnati Bengals for the season and home opener, and they took him out seven times. I mean, if you are doing something right on defense, and you're putting Deshaun Watson on his back six different times, and granted, three of the six belong to Henry Anderson, um, give the refs a little bit of credit. They blew the whistle for the the in-the-grass rule. Well, let's be honest. I don't think Anderson got him down into the – or didn't hold him – long enough for the in the grass rule but still though that counts as a sack Henry Anderson has been a great pickup by the Jets believe it was a trade I know I rose a free agent but still uh it was a trade and he has been amazing in that front seven especially on third downs and when they interviewed Henry Anderson they asked him really what has allowed him to start compiling all these sacks. And he said it has to do with the rotation that because of the fact he's not an every down lineman, he's able to stay fresher. Uh, He's able to get there on third down and just pin his ear back and go after the quarterback. And that's been a testament to him. He's been able to just hone his craft from a pass rushing standpoint and really an effective unheralded guy on this Jets defense that really nobody saw coming. I mean, he's a six foot six, 300 pound defensive end. And the way he was flying around on the field there, I mean, he looked Von Miller-esque. He was just beating uh, offensive linemen around the edge. He was getting after and chasing down Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I have to give credit where credit is due. Todd Bowles, I thought the defensive game plan was one of the best on the season. I mean, he, instead of sitting back, and I felt like he should have done this against Josh Allen, and the Jets may have had an easier time in Buffalo, 
when he attacked the quarterback and didn't allow them to get outside the pocket and make plays with his legs, Deshaun Jackson was on the run and not in a good way. He was scurrying for his life in his own backfield and the Jets were keeping him on his heels. And that was just a fantastic defensive game plan that they executed to perfection. And I felt like the Jets secondary, this is a very difficult matchup in DeAndre Hopkins. If I'm going to nitpick the Jets coaching staff, I, I felt like on that final drive, if somebody was going to beat the Jets, you had to make another guy beat you other than Hopkins. The fact that they left Tremaine Johnson out on an island, I know he's the top-paid quarterback. He's your number one guy. But to leave him out there to try to stop really, I would say, a top three wide receiver in this league or on any given Sunday or Saturday in this case, as good as there is in the league, that's asking a lot. And I think that, you know, those catches that DeAndre Hopkins can make, I can't fault Tremaine Johnson. Even Jermaine Johnson said after the game, he just has such strong hands. Even when he was blanketed, he just snatches the ball out of the air and you can't get it away from him. And the same happened to Maurice Claiborne. So if there were any adjustment I thought the top bowls should have made, it was the double team to Andre Hopkins and make somebody else beat you. But aside from that, trying to nitpick the defensive side of the ball, the Jets did play fantastic. And the fact they kept this uh, a one-score game, a game in which they led inside of five minutes left, uh, I was just as shocked as anybody. And I couldn't believe uh, the quality of opponent that the, Texas, the, the Jets were playing. They were within striking distance, and you could have made the argument could have won this game on Saturday. Andre Roberts also had a great game. You know, he's been doing wonderful things with punt returns, kick re- kickoff returns, getting chunk yards. I mean, he's had a fantastic special teams year. But I felt this season capped off on a touchdown that he deserved. Uh, with 839 remaining in the third quarter, what does he do? He starts off on the far side of the field. He cuts inside, takes a look at Sam, and then he turns back outside, goes into the end zone. Yes, he's about to get covered, but Sam saw him. He dropped the ball right through the window, and right there is Andre Roberts, and that touchdown made it 16-15 Texans. And this is a guy who has you know, done so well, 30-year-old, done so well on special teams with kickoff returns, punt returns. He only has a touchdown on the punt return game, all the way back to week one in Detroit. We've always talked about that game because that was the hell of a start to the 2018 season until we all know what was going to happen later. But still, though, Andre Roberts caps off, and there's still two weeks remaining of this regular season, but I think he caps off with an offensive touchdown for this 2018 season. And that, to me, shows the greatness of Sam Darnold, that he completed passes to nine different receivers. He had Robbie Anderson with seven receptions. Tight end Chris Herndon had three. Running back Elijah McGuire, three. Running back Trenton Cannon, three. You alluded to Andre Roberts with three. Eric Tomlinson, the tight end, one. Jermaine Curse had two. And tight end Jordan Leggett had one. I mean, you know, that just shows me that Sam Darnold is making that next step and that next progression. He even said in the interviews this week, he's seeing the field much better. He had a tendency early on in the year to lock in on his primary receiver. You're seeing him do less and less of that. And there's not, there's no coincidence uh, that he's not turning the ball over as much receiver. He's trying to go through his reads, 
open man and let them make plays in space. And good for Andre Roberts. I mean, he's really been one of the lone bright spots along with Sam Darnold in this season that's been uh, wins have been hard to come by. So for him to get rewarded in the receiving game and to get a touchdown this game, I thought was just really the icing on the cake for a guy that should be uh, really should make the argument for him to be a pro bowler and is clearly the Jets special team player of the year. So that was fantastic to see. And I felt also, again, in this game, the key to me, the fact that the Jets' offense stayed balanced offensively, they rushed the ball 31 times, they passed it 38 times. That's really as balanced as you can be offensively. Even though they only produced 90 yards on the ground, a 2.9 yard per carry average, there have been far too many times where the Jets have abandoned the running game, have gotten too pass happy, and that's really not a recipe for success. And at least Jeremy Bates, maybe the light bulb went off and he started to realize that this Jet team is not built to throw the ball 50, 55 times. They need that balance offensively. And that was a big reason why they stayed in contention this game. And ultimately, again, uh, they're going to need this formula going forward because the road ahead does not get any easier when you have uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers waiting for you at MetLife Stadium, who were ultimately eliminated on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, followed by a meeting with the Patriots. So the Jets are going to have their hands full the next couple of weeks. But if they continue to follow that offensive formula and let Sam Darnold develop at quarterback, like I said, I don't think they're going to, uh, I don't think he's going to look backwards. Everything at this point is he's going to look forward to 2019 and just continue to build on each performance each week. Absolutely, Rick. And that's the one thing uh, that we are all hoping for the progression. The progression for Sam Darnold to continue to look more comfortable behind center, to see the field better, to be much better. And two straight weeks, I don't think he's thrown I – mean, I think he did throw an interception um, against Buffalo, but still, though, um, you know, one pick or less or nil, I mean, that's great. I think that's great. He is limiting the mistakes. He is just seeing – like we said, he's seeing the field so much better. And that is all we want to see, that we want to see Sam Darnold understand what he needs to do to go out there and to do a job. And I just want to say this before we continue on, Rick. Let's congratulate our fellow Jet fans. Let's congratulate the Jet fans because here's the thing. Everyone could have given up these last two games of the regular season. They could have just said, yeah, we're not going to come and see them against the Texans. We're not going to come see, and hopefully they'll come to see them against the Packers uh, next, you know, this coming Sunday. But people could have been like, yeah, we're not going to bother anymore. We're not going to bother with it. We're going to give our tickets to someone else. No. The Jet fans came to MetLife Stadium on Saturday night, late Saturday afternoon, and they watched a game where they want to see Sam Darnold progress. And they, he did that. That's a big shout-out to every Jet fan that went to MetLife Stadium on Saturday because you guys did a great job because you showed that you cared to see what Sam Darnold did out on the field. And, yeah, I'm going to give kudos to Jet fans for being there Saturday afternoon into Saturday night. I happen to be at MetLife Stadium for the Giant game on Sunday. Happened to have won tickets to the game, oddly enough. And 
I can just tell you firsthand from sitting in that press box at MetLife Stadium, watching countless Giants fans, Giants games over the years, at least the last five or six years, there have been so many games where the stadium is half empty. There is just no buzz or no excitement in the stands whatsoever. And Sunday was no different. The Giants getting shut out, eliminated from playoff contention. It was a rainy, bliss, a blustery, nasty day where in the third quarter, I mean, if there were 25,000 people there, probably 20,000 of which were Titan fans, that would have been a lot. And it just shows that these Jet fans, I mean, how they've been starved from the playoffs since 2010, how loyal and how much they believe in the future of this team with Sam Darnold leading the charge. Because, again, I look no further than a New York Giant team with a quarterback in Eli Manning, a two-time Super Bowl MVP, and he, he can't even lead the team for a field goal scoring drive. I mean, that's just how bad things have got for the New York Giants. And, again, one of the guys that's really been – he's killed the Jets over the years. I know he's not been friendly to any of the, the stepsister teams, I'll call them, in New York, whether that's the Jets – the Mets, the Islanders, that's Mike Francesa. He said on the air today that he felt in the next eight or nine seasons that Sam Darnold is going to get the Jets in a chance to win a Super Bowl. And, I mean, if you're a Jet fan, whether you've been a Jet fan like you and I, Daniel, for 30-plus years or going back, you remember Super Bowl three. The fact that you have a quarterback that it's not just Mike Francesa, it's Steve Mariucci, uh, you go up and down the list, Troy Aikman, all these analysts and former players and well-respected coaches in the league really feel like Sam Darnold is the real deal and could be that final missing piece to get the Jets to and to a Super Bowl and to win a championship. So if you're a Jet fan, I think they see that there's some promise, they see there's potential there, and they see this as the start of good things to come. And it's good to see that Jet fans are loyal. They're not going to jump on the bandwagon only when things are good, that they can see that this season is a stepping stone into developing for the future. And the fact that Sam Darnold has shown flashes of that, that just has to be such an encouraging sign that Jet fans are just so hungry and just trying to have patience and remain patient. But at the same time, they just want to see Sam Darnold fulfill that prophecy and actually get the Jets to the playoffs and get them deep into a Super Bowl run. And this is where it excites me because, you know, the age-old question is this. If, you know, when Todd Bowles gets fired at the end of this regular season, when they're done with the regular season in New England, you know, people said to me, okay, how are you going to entice a head coach to come coach this New York Jets team? What incentives are you going to give them? Well, I have one incentive and one incentive only, and that's Sam Darnold. Because Sam Darnold is the real deal. Sam Darnold is the one that is going to put a head coach into this team that wants to go and win a Super Bowl with him behind center. Because Sam Darnold, once again, is proving, proving he is going to be the quarterback of the future. If these experts, either through broadcasting or coaching or you know Monday morning quarterbacks, can recognize the talent that he has, if Mike Francesa can recognize the talent that he has, then that's the, all the all, that's all the incentive I need to get a head coach to take over and take over the Jets, and that is Sam Darnold, because Sam Darnold is the future of this team, and he's going to be you know whatever happens with Tom Brady, I don't see Ryan Tannehill being uh, uh, lasting too much longer in this league, especially with with the Dolphins, Josh Allen. 
I think it all depends on what they surround him with. But Sam Darnold, you can tell all by himself. He can either throw the ball down the field, he can avoid being sacked, or he can take the ball all by himself and go into the end zone himself. We've seen him go all by himself either for a first down or a touchdown. And to me, to me, Rick, that's why the future is bright with the New York Jets. And I have to read a tweet from Mike Francesa. And, of course, in quintessential Mike Francesa fashion, he has no problem tooting his own horn. So he put two days ago, of course, that being uh, on Sunday, uh, how he – on Saturday, I should say – he says, quote, unquote, as predicted, the QB is in place and ready to win. Now the Jets have to build him a team. So that, to me, if that's not a ringing endorsement of Sam Darnold, I don't know what is. And, you know, he has really been on the Sam Darnold bandwagon and felt like the Giants, you look at the Giants and you look at Saquon Barkley, the guy is a generational talent. He's fantastic. He's unbelievable. But, I mean, you look in the NFL, of course, you need a quarterback in order to get to the playoffs and to get deep into the playoffs, even if that's just a game manager. And the Giants at this point don't really have that. They have an aging star in Eli Manning that arguably this could be his last year. I think that the Giants are going to let him write his own way out of New York, and that could be their own undoing, the fact that they haven't moved on from Eli Manning. And, and the Jets have gone down that road so many times. They've, they've tried the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. Uh, they've tried the Brett Favre's of the world. Now they have a homegrown quarterback that finally for the next decade plus, you don't have to year in and year out worry about who's going to be the starter next year, that he's going to be in place and securing that position year in and year out. And that just has to be such a great feeling for Jet fans for the first time in really a long time. I mean, Richard Todd, I, you know, I don't know if you could consider him a franchise quarterback, maybe Chad Pennington, Vinny Testaverde had such a short stint in New York, uh, even though he played well, you know, this is really the first time since Joe Namath that the Jets have drafted and will have a quarterback for the next 10 plus years. And I think a lot of Jet fans don't know how to react to it. You know, the only thing I caution in this New York, New York market where everybody wants immediate results and instant gratification, they have to let this kid develop. He's going to make mistakes. He's done that in his rookie year. We've seen the progression. And as long as he continues to not make the same mistakes time and time again to to develop his game and to try to move forward, I think Jet fans have to be happy. But you have to realize it's not all on the quarterback. I think a lot of what he's doing is in spite of an offensive system in Jeremy Bates that is just mind-numbing at some of the play calls that's coming through. And Todd Bowles, you know, what little involvement he has in the offensive side of the ball, he doesn't even seem really interested in in evaluating or trying to impress upon his fingerprints on the offensive game. So once we've seen what Sean McVay has done for Jared Goff, we've seen what Mag Nagy has done for Mitch Trubisky, and, and I'll go as far as I think Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than either one of those guys. Jared Goff has been plagued by turnovers. The Rams have lost now, what, three straight games, and, uh, and Mitch Trubisky, in spite of some of his turnovers, the Bears' defense has really covered up for some of his uh, you know, shortcomings. So Sam Darnold, 
can stack up with any quarterback in this league as he gets more experience under his belt. And this is really the major reason why I felt like shutting him down for the year was the absolute wrong move because the best teacher is experience, and you can't simulate these kind of things in the film room, in the locker room, in the meeting rooms. He has to go through some of these battles and some of the rigors and get through some of these clutch situations in order to build that into his DNA and get that game experience so that when the Jets do have meaningful December games or they do qualify the, for the playoffs and have big moments, they're not going to be too big for Sam Darnold because he's been through some of the battles with this team instead of putting him on the sideline and hoping that he learns all this from afar. Yep, absolutely. And I just can't wait to see what he's going to do next year. Obviously, he still has two games remaining um, with this 2018 season. Sadly, it's a lost season again. But in some ways, Rick, it's not. Because now we're seeing what some of these young kids can do. And I think, uh, once again, you put Sam, give him some more offensive weapons to go out there. Um, and we haven't even talked about Herndon. I, I think Herndon has also grown up. I think Herndon has done the job that is asked of him. He's done a very good job statistics-wise. Uh, you know, more tight end play coming from him, which is what we haven't had uh, even before the whole Safarian Jenkins situation, uh, before last year and the end of last year, um, I think Chris Herndon is definitely going to be now more involved in the offense, which he has been. He's made some great plays. Herndon, to me, has been fantastic to watch so far. Yeah, and he, I mean, alongside uh, Daryl Roberts, are guys that you absolutely, if you're a Jeff fan, want to see them on the 2019 roster. You you want to see them develop and take that next step, especially Herndon being a younger player. I know Roberts at 30 has some experience under his belt. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention in this game the Jets against the Texans, Jason Myers has been fantastic for the Jets all season long. The fact that he missed two extra points in this game, look, Instead of that being a uh, a 29 to 22 loss, that could have been 24 to uh, 22, and a totally different story if if the two extra points that were missed were made. That would have changed the outcome of the end of the game because instead of the Jets being forced to go for a touchdown, they could go for potentially a game tying field goal. So. Again, the Jets have had fantastic special teams play from Daryl Roberts, Lachlan Edwards, and Jason Myers, but they showed that stat. He's missed 15 extra points. Uh, I believe it was the past five years, the most of any kicker. So that's something that the Jets just have to be leery of going forward, that Jason Myers seems like it's more of a mental thing than anything because if he can hit field goals from 55-plus yards, he sure should be able to hit an extra point that will, uh, you know, of course – keep them ahead in the game and could prove critical in the last two minutes when the Jets were trying to drive for that game-winning score. And ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for the Jets podcast on 247sports.com, our review show. Once again, the New York Jets, they fall to the Houston Texans by final of 29-22. to Join us this coming Friday as the Jets are going to preview, actually we're going to preview this coming Friday, uh, week 16, as the Jets were going to host the Green Bay Packers. For Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Fulierson. This has been the Jets podcast review show on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We will talk to you on Friday. Take care and bye-bye for now.